Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Solid rock I stand 
of your goodness all over my life all over my life I see your promises in fulfillment all over my life all over my
all over my life. I see your promises in fulfillment all over my life, all over my life. Should I You may be seated. It's just an absolute delight to be able to sit up front and hear the absolute volume um, coming from all of your voices lifted together in song. And whether we do that throughout the rest of this year in laboratories and in field and on field trips, in athletic competition, in quiet study, in walks with friends, in Bible study, in all the places where God will take us. Our desire is that we would lay down an offering of worship here this morning that would be pleasing to our God. And we're going to, in particular this semester, invite the work of the Holy Spirit into both the corporate work of campus and also into our own individual lives in a new way. Will you join me in prayer? Spirit of God, we ask that in this exploration of you, you would take our thoughts and our inquiries, our longings, our hopes, our fears, and show us where and how they find their answer in you. Spirit of our great God, speak. Your school is listening. Amen. You ever had an experience like this where one of your good friends calls you up and says, hey, let's go hang out and do something together, and you think, that's fantastic. I love hanging out with this person. They're wonderful. And then at the last minute, they're like, well, wait. I talked to my other friend, and they're actually going to come along too. And you're like, I love them. Of course, this is going to be awesome. It'll be the three of us. It'll be fantastic. And then right at the 11th hour, one last call saying, actually, um, I have one more friend I want to invite along as well, except now you're a little more hesitant because you actually don't know this person. And there's just sort of this wondering now of, is the invitation now of this third person going to change the chemistry? I mean, you don't really know them, so you don't yet fully trust them. You don't even know if you'll like them. You ever had an experience like that? I think a lot of Christians have this experience continually with the Holy Spirit. We're all good with God the Father. Jesus, pretty sweet, you know, the whole salvation thing. But the Holy Spirit, that's the one I think that gets us sometimes. We don't know yet fully if we entirely trust. The Holy Spirit feels like the wild card of the Trinity. 
that we can't quite wrap our minds around it. We can't quite get our hearts and our thoughts fully around it. Often the work that he does precedes our theological ability to explain it, and so we're often left kind of wondering. Not only that, we've seen abuses of the Holy Spirit, or things done in his name that certainly doesn't look like the character of the rest of the Trinity, which Jesus assured us that it would. And so we're a little apprehensive. And maybe at times, rightfully so. Because it's human nature to fear what we don't know. We fear a stranger because we just simply don't know them or their intentions. We fear the future because we don't know what it will bring. Fear is the absolute bedrock cause of all racism. We fear what we don't know, what we haven't yet learned, and what we haven't yet learned to love. So all in all, I think as I listen to people talk all the time, it feels like a lot of Christians have a love-fear relationship with the Holy Spirit. So let me come at it a different way. Has there ever been a part of you that knows that there's something more? You ever had a longing inside, like the same way that you watch the news and you see the horrors taking place in the world at different places, and the righteous discontent of the Spirit of God inside you says things are not the way that they are supposed to be. Sometimes all we have to do is to look into the mirror to have that same reaction. We see things within ourselves, and the Spirit is bringing forth a righteous discontent because each one of us in our own way knows that we are not yet fully the person that God created us to be. Our suggestion to you, and the biblical promise is, that the answer to those longings, to the more that every single one of us is crying out for, even inside ourselves and in the systems around us, are the places where the Holy Spirit plays and can take us where we never thought possible. A.W. Tozer talks about that longing inside of us when he says this, You may feel in your heart you just can't go on as you are. That the level of spirituality to which you know yourself called is way beyond you. If you feel that there is something that you must have or your heart will never be satisfied. That there are levels of spirituality, mystic deeps and heights of spiritual communion, purity and power that you have never known. That there is fruit which you know you should bear and do not. Victory which you know you should have and have not. I would say come on. Because God has something for you tonight. Doesn't that resonate with the longings inside of you? Like every one of us knows that we could be producing more fruit. Every one of us knows that there's something next in God's plan for us. And often we don't know how to get there. Well let me tell you. Let me assure you that the Holy Spirit is the Sherpa of your soul. Already it starts in the beginning of the book of creation. As it talks about in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, we see the interplay of the Holy Spirit with the matter of this world. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living, living being. See, the Holy Spirit is not material, but he is substance. 
The Holy Spirit may seem like it's something always ethereal and off, but it's actually something that gave us life and transformed us from the dust of the earth into the beings that we are. He animates our existence. The Holy Spirit is working inside of you, and he is here in this place, and he's all over it, all through creation, even for those who don't know how to articulate his name. What's interesting for us and hard, I think, to understand, though, is as the biblical story begins to unfold, what we see in the Old Testament is moments where the Spirit kind of punctures through the firmament, separating earth and heaven, and he dances in this interplay. He becomes the interlocutor of the Trinity between heaven and earth, right? And whether it's calling Abraham out of Ur or showing up in a pillar of of cloud and of fire or the Shekinah presence descending on the temple or leading Elijah or enlivening the words of prophecy of Joel and Hosea and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Malachi and all the rest. You have all of these moments And there's times where there seems to be less of it, and God's people are crying out, God, come, when will you not speak again? Come invade the space. Poke through the parchment that separates heaven and earth and come and be with your people again. And the Holy Spirit seems to have these particular moments throughout the Old Testament. We're going to look at those a little bit more and why they're represented in the symbols that they are and what that tells us about the character and the heart of God and the mission of God in the world. But the longing starts to grow within God's people. That more that they long for, that you long for. Joel captures it well when he says this on behalf of all the Hebrew people, the prophecy and what the longing comes from Joel chapter 2. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. It's why when the Spirit finally shows up in a new way, prophesied in the Old Testament, promised by Jesus, and then delivered in Pentecost, it's why Peter goes back to this text saying, all of those longings, everything that you've wanted to enliven your imaginations, the Holy Spirit will do that within you. It's like every Christian actually has a superpower at the end of the day. What's your superpower? You have the Holy Spirit within you. But here's the scary thing about him. You can't turn him on and off like a tap. The Holy Spirit, and when we invite him into our life, is a, this is the Christian version of replacement theory. God, replace my will with yours. God, take everything that you want. Let heaven come through my life in a new way. And even if it means me turning off my desires, my dreams, the things that I think make me comfortable, you get to have them instead. And it's that takeover and switching of our will with God's that becomes the work of the Spirit. And I know that that sounds scary because it's a relinquishing of control. But what if his desires for your life are better than your own? 
What if you came thinking you were going to study one thing in school, but the Spirit wants to interrupt that and lead you in a new direction? Will you receive that? If he wants to light your hair on fire in a new way to do a new thing, will you give him that space? Will you let him? See, because when the Spirit comes and touches something, it can only bring it about to a fuller version of everything God intended it to be. The Spirit produces life. All the Spirit had to do was come upon Mary, and what happens? Life comes through her. He breathed life into us out of the dust of the earth. He touches Mary's life, and life breaks forth in her life and in yours. And this becomes the messianic hope, even of Jesus himself. If you go to the passage for, in Luke for me, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? When Jesus begins teaching his disciples how to pray, he keeps telling you, you've got to pray for the Holy Spirit. That's what you want. That's what you need. You might think it's something else, but he can give you life in a way that you just simply can't. And Jesus, as his ministry goes on, starts to get so excited about this because the Holy Spirit is going to move into our lives and inhabit our work and our talents and our character and our personalities and bring the mission of God alongside of us so that we can enter into it and serve it in our lives in a, in a great co-mission. Jesus was so excited about that exchange. Michael Green, the theologian, puts it like this. The Spirit can do more for us than Jesus could have done had we been his contemporaries. Just dwell on that for just a second. This is why Jesus says, it's going to be better for you if, when I go away. See, the Father and me have something in mind for you. When Pentecost comes and the curtain is torn, not just between the holy and the holy of holies, but between heaven and earth in a new way, as God begins to invade this space, moving more fully and permanently into each and every one of our lives. And he wants control. But only to make you more of everything that God had in mind when he was there at your creation. When the spirit hovering over the chaos became the spirit that breathes in your lungs. Now, you have to understand that when Jesus breaks down that barrier between heaven and earth and the curtain is torn and the stone is rolled away, it's like we were recreated all over again. It's why Jesus does this on the other side of the grave in the Gospel of John. Addressing his disciples, he says, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. It's only a few words in this section that Jesus says, but right away he's going to the point. It's the coming of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, but I'm not so sure I would want someone who's been dead for three days to breathe on me. But what is Jesus doing? Other than acting like his father. As important as the biblical story was in Genesis 2, so too is this new creation moment of what we become because of the resurrection and the work of the Holy Spirit within us. So if you've ever longed to live your life in 8K, if you've ever felt a longing inside of you that maybe I was made for more, you were. 
And we're going to spend the rest of the semester exploring that together. Next week, Sam's going to talk about how to be filled by the Holy Spirit in five easy steps. Just kidding. It's a little more complex than that. But just as he was there in the beginning, I want to show you he was there at the end too. Let's go to Revelation passage and some of the closing words of the entire Bible. Listen to the invitational heart of God to experience him and come deeper still. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. I know you want more. You should. That longing, that's of God. How deep do you want to drink from the well? How deep do you want to breathe? How much heaven do you want to see here? That's the invitation. And the Holy Spirit will help us. You pray with me. Father God, we thank you for all of your good gifts, and we thank you this morning in particular for your personhood. In Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the reminder that your spirit isn't some ethereal force or a theological construct. It's part of you that loves and wants to be loved, that works within us and helps us in ways that we can't even always imagine. God, thank you for the Holy Spirit. And we ask that on this campus and in ourselves, in some new way, that you would have your way within us. And that we would see and get to know and feel more confident, hear your voice and speak the language of heaven fluently as the Spirit dances between there and here and finds an even greater home at Dort University and in our lives. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, we pray. Amen.